said and team, thank you for preparing that for us. Well, you know, uh, when it comes time to preparing a message, uh, I'll, give you, I'll give you a little secret, <clears throat> or at least it is for me. I look at, you know, I look at our calendar and, you know, I, I, I pray about the next sermon series, how to lay that out, you know, how many weeks, um, you know, what is the need of the hour, you know, and you, you take a pulse of the church. And so I looked at this uh, month and I saw, you know, okay, we've got September 11th and that's on a Sunday and that's an opportunity, you know, to emphasize some things on a 15th anniversary of an incredible day in, uh, in America when uh, thousands of people's lives were lost and changed forever. And so that's next Sunday. And when I saw that, and I began to look at how things were laid out for the next, you know, uh, already this month, you know, or, or these last few weeks, you've got Brother Butch Fye, who preached uh, in my absence a couple of weeks ago on what? The Lord's Prayer. And so I, I put an, an emphasis on that. I listened to that sermon uh, myself, I got online, I listened to his sermon, I listened to Jason Ogle's last sermon. I want to stay in tune with what they're preaching, because I know it's, if it's helped you, it's going to help me. So the Lord's Prayer, and then the next Sunday just so happened to be the Lord's Supper. Well, Butch had no idea that I was preaching on the Lord's Supper when he preached on the Lord's Prayer. And so I'm thinking about this Sunday before September 11th, when we'll emphasize America, we'll honor some people, first responders in our church, people like that. And and it'll be a great Sunday next Sunday. You won't want to miss it. And I thought, what do I do with this Sunday? I've got this free Sunday here in the middle of all this. I said, what about the Lord's Day? I said, we've talked about the Lord's Prayer and the Lord's Supper. And there's a day that we call the Lord's Day. I turned it into a sermon series. (laughs) I mean, you you, you know, God just pulled it off. And God knows what he's doing, you know. And it all started with the Lord's Prayer. And so I want to talk to you this morning about about Sunday, about a day in Scripture. Now, what's interesting is, <clears throat> before I start, I want, to, I want you to catch my spirit about the Lord's Day because all of this is based upon a revolution that took place in my life when I came in contact with this day called the Lord's Day on Sunday. I mean, I honestly, there, there, was, there was a time in my Christian life where this day exploded in my heart, where I bought in, where I chose... The best day of the week was going to be Sunday. And you know what's interesting about uh, the best day is it rhymes with what the day is all about, and that is rest. So the best day truly is the rest day. But what does that mean in Scripture? Well, you know, a lot of times people want to know what I think about the Lord's Day, and, 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 and I don't mind sharing that, but this is not my day. And it's not your day. And a lot of people would like for it to be their day, and a lot of people act like it's their day. Obviously, today, it looks like, you know, you would disagree with that. But I, I know that many churches today will, will have absentees and seats that are empty because it's really not the Lord's day to them. It's their day. That's why sometimes they choose something else over this day because it's their day. And they call the shots. They decide what the day is going to be like. They decide if it's going to be hunting, fishing, or maybe church. It just kind of depends. Definitely on Easter and Christmas, we'll make that exception. And maybe a few other Sundays a year. But, you know, sometimes there's some things I want to do. Well, wait a minute. It's either your day or it's the Lord's day. And so we need to come to the conclusion before we start today as to who this day belongs to. Now, in a day that where we live in, 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 a, in, a, in a country, in a society, uh, in a culture that has so many devices, would you not agree that we are a culture of devices? I mean, we've got them on our on our on our bodies we've got them in our cars we've got ipads and iphones and 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 uh or or or, you know what was the other one androids give you guys credit you know and dell computers whatever it is ibm i don't know what all windows whatever and you've got all these different devices and and i'm told that these devices have been given to us to save time preach it's amazing you can save so much time with all of these devices cell phones we can text message that saves time you don't have to make a phone call And then we've got emails. Oh, it saves time. We can just shoot out an email. And computers. Oh, man, listen. Save time, preacher. I've never seen so many in a day of devices that are designed to save time. I've never seen so many people so hurried and restless and running everywhere like chickens with their heads cut off. 
if all of these are to save time, then why are we so behind time? And the pressure, I believe, is on the family. As I see it, the pressure, who this is really affecting is the family units in the Christian church. It's affecting us. Many of us in this building have been, have been affected by the busyness of life, the hurriedness of life, the, the pressures of life. We find ourselves coming and going and communicating on the way out and on the way in and barely making it in time for church and most of the time running late. To think that you could have a size crowd like this on Sundays at a 1045 or 9 o'clock is a joke. Nobody is going to have on-time attendance at church because... Either it's not really the Lord's day or we're just running like crazy to return that last text, to do that last thing. Because that's just life, preacher. We're busy. We got so much going on. And yet I believe that God has given us a solution for this. I'm convinced that God doesn't want it to be that way. The pressure is on the family. God wants to take the pressure off. And so God has given us a day of rest. God has given us a special day, and many of us don't really use it. So what I want us to do is I want us to go to Scripture. Now, you know how I am about Scripture. I I believe the screens are great, and and I I like to help you with the screens, but I'm old-fashioned enough. I mean, I'm 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 new-time religion, but I got a little old-time in me. And the old time in me is we got to always have a text. You've got to have a place you look down at a phone, at an iPad, Personally, oh, I, I still got a hard copy, but that's just me. I don't think everybody has to have it because I have it. But I do like to have a hard copy of the Bible. I think it's helpful. But whatever you've got, I want you to look at it, and then the rest of the time, I'll give you a screen so you can keep your neck up, all right? Because I know that's, that's, that's burden, okay? And I don't want you to have to do this all the time. That's too much to ask of anybody. And so I'm joking, totally joking. Exodus chapter 20. Now let's go to Scripture. Look at verse 8 of Exodus 20. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath day of the Lord. Now I want you to notice that. I think that's an important statement. It, here it is. I know it's, this is the Old Testament Sabbath and we're going to be talking in a few minutes about what God has done for us in the New Testament to make it even better. But for a moment, I want you to see this is the Sabbath of the Lord. It's his day. And in it, thou shalt not do any work. Thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, your maidservant, your cattle, your stranger. For in six days, the Lord made heaven and earth and sea and all that in them is. And rested on the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Now just for a moment, let's understand what we're dealing with here. You see, God gave to ancient Israel, his people, the the Jewish nation, a gift. And it was a wonderful gift. Don't miss this. It was the gift of the Sabbath day. It was a gift. And I want you to know it's still a gift. It is a gift. It's a God-given gift. He has given the nation of Israel a gift. But wait a minute. Today, he has given you and I a gift. But just for a moment, let's, let's see what Jesus told us about this Sabbath in Mark chapter 2 and verse number 27. In Mark two twenty-seven, here's what Jesus said. The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Uh, listen, look at that just closely. The Sabbath was made for man. By the way, Understand this about the Old Testament law, the Ten Commandments. All of the commandments of God were made for us. They were made for us. In fact, when God says, don't do this, that's for our good. When God says, don't touch that, don't do that, God says, I love you so much, this is going to be good for you. You're going to benefit. You're going to, it's going to revolutionize your life. You're going to be so much happier if you don't do that. And then God says, do this. Don't do that, but do this. When God says, do this, that's for your good. He, he loves you. He wants to give you a better life, a better way. 
God's commandments are for us. You see, when we honor the Lord, it doesn't make Him any more holy. Is that right? God's not going to be made any more perfect if you and I obey Him. No, what happens is when we honor the Lord, it doesn't make Him more holy, but it does make us more holy. God's laws are for our welfare. They're for us. God gave us gifts, and God gave the Old Testament Sabbath to Israel. He gave it to them, His people, and it was a wonderful gift. And I want you to know, church, this morning, God has given something to us. Something even better. Even better than the Old Testament Sabbath. And it's called the Lord's Day. It's the transformation of the Sabbath into something even more wonderful. Hey, it's the fulfillment of the Sabbath. In just a moment, we're going to talk about that. But for just a moment, I want to emphasize as a Christian family, you've been given this gift. If you're here today and you have with you today a a family for just a moment, or maybe you're here today and you have aspirations to have a family, or you're a grandparent and you're enjoying the fact that your kids are with you today, or your grandchildren are here today, could I say something to the Christian family? You have been given the Lord's Day. And if you'll use it properly, if you'll enjoy it as you should enjoy it, I believe it will be one of the greatest treasures that you have in the treasure chest of your family values. It has been that way for me. I have put a premium on the Lord's Day. And it's a value at the Capaci home that we refuse to take lightly. What does the word Sabbath mean? It actually means rest. I mean, that kind of sums it up, doesn't it? I mean, the word means rest rest. And it rhymes with best. The best day is the rest day, which is the Lord's day. And we'll discover that in just a moment. First of all, I want you, I want to give you the three primary rest days. This is important for you to understand as we go back all the way to the book of Genesis, we find, first of all, the creation rest day. The creation rest day. Now, when God finished creating all the world in six days, what did he do? He rested. He created a beautiful world. He did an amazing job. You've seen the mountains and the beautiful landscapes of the world. And if you've traveled internationally, you've seen some of the most beautiful things you would ever lay your eyes on. That's God's creation. And when God got it all done, the Bible says he rested. Let's look at Genesis chapter 2. Thus the heavens and the earth were And all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day from all the work he had made. And God blessed the seventh day. And he sanctified it because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. What an emphasis on rest. The creation rest. God rested. But get this. God's rest has been interrupted. God's rest has been disturbed. What disturbed God's rest and put God back to work? S-I-N. Sin. Sin put God back to work. Sin disturbed the rest of God. And in John chapter number 5, we see that Jesus had healed a man on the Sabbath day. We go to the New Testament, and we find that Jesus had healed a man on the Sabbath day, the day of rest. And the Pharisees rebuked him. They condemned him. Why? Because he was working on the Sabbath day, and that was an Old Testament day of rest. And this is what Jesus said to that pharisaical crowd. In John chapter 5 and verse 17, Jesus answered them and said, After he had healed that man, he said, My father worketh hitherto, and and I work. And I work! I work! Jesus was sent to work the work of God who sent him. The father who sent him. Sin disturbed the rest of God. So we have the creation rest. And then secondly, we have what I want you to notice as the covenant rest. You see, the creation rest pertains to God Almighty. But the covenant rest 
pertains to the nation Israel. The people of God. God had a special people. And they were the Jews. And God gave them a special day. They were his special people. He said, I want to give you a special day. And God called it the day of rest. The seventh day rest. In the Old Testament, God rested on the seventh day. And so he gave this gift to the people of Israel. We find in Exodus chapter 31. Speak thou also unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily my Sabbaths ye shall keep. For it is a sign, notice who it was for, the Old Testament Sabbath was for the Jews. It was a sign between me, God, and you, the people of Israel. Throughout your generations that ye may know that I am the Lord that doth sanctify you. Wherefore the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath. The children of Israel, why? To observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. It is a sign. A covenant, a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. God gave the Old Testament seventh-day Sabbath to the Jew. It was a covenant, according to Scripture, between God and the children of Israel. Now, it's interesting. You've maybe come across this in your Christian life. But we have some today who say that they want to keep the Sabbath like the people in the Old Testament kept the Sabbath. Well... Be very careful about that. You might want to study Scripture and be very careful about that. You see, to break an Old Testament Sabbath meant sudden death. Let me, let me, let me give you an illustration here. If you did, well, look at Exodus 31, verse, verse 15. Let me, let me show you. Six days may work be done. You're okay. Everything's cool. But in the seventh day, let me raise my voice, please. You can't read this voice like a wimp. You can't read this voice like a, verse like a sissy. You've got to have a deep voice, a, a voice, a stern voice. But in the seventh is the Sabbath of rest. Holy to the Lord. Did you get that? Holy to the Lord. Whosoever doeth any work on the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. You guys ready to reconsider observing the Sabbath day like the Old Testament? I am. You see, if, if you did any work, any work at all, let me give you an example. If you built a fire on the Sabbath day, a fire. I mean, just, you know, it's a cold winter night, and uh, it's a Sunday. Uh, our, our, our New Testament Sabbath is, 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 is the Lord's Day on a Sunday, the first day of the week. We'll talk about that in just a moment. And you, you spark up a fire, or let's just say you observe the Sabbath on Saturday, and you decided it's cold, i got a fireplace, I'm going to start up a fire. Guess what that means according to the Old Testament law? You're done. Let me give you some scripture. Exodus 35. Six days shalt thou work be done. Another verse, five chapters later, four chapters later. But on the seventh day, there shall be to you an holy day, a Sabbath to rest to the Lord. Whosoever doeth work therein shall be put to death. Ye shall kindle no fire throughout your habitations upon the Sabbath day. That would mean for us we can't turn on a light. That, mean, that would mean for us in this day of, of technology that anything that would re- require a spark, Tony, a little fire, something to get, some, some kind of thing to, and I'm not real good at all the technology, but I've talked to electricians and I know that there's some kind of a little spark, a fire that's generated to turn a light bulb on. I mean, think about the Jews had all kinds of things they made up in regards to the Sabbath. Sounds like my old denomination made all kinds of things up. I mean, it made them law. I mean, I've never been so nervous in my life. Man, listen, it's good to be free because for a long time, hey, I mean, even going back to my Roman Catholic denomination days, to my independent Baptist denomination days, and I don't think it would have been much different if I was Pentecostal or Church of God or Assembly, to be honest with you. I think there's a lot of denominations that are just making stuff up. And what we do is we walk around kind of wondering, is everybody happy? Did I do anything wrong? Is my hair short enough? Am I wearing the right thing? Is is it okay? Is that okay? Is this okay? Is that okay? Is it in the Bible? I don't know. I just heard somebody told me this, and this is kind of what I do. That's what they did. They made stuff up. In fact, to fast forward to the end of the day, they added 1,500 Sabbath day laws to the Word of God. They added them. One, some of the silliest ones were if you had a tack in your shoe, a tack, you better take it out before Saturday. Saturday. 
Because if you keep it in, you're carrying a burden on the Sabbath day. And you've just broken Old Testament law. Attack. What about a flea? True story. It's one of the 1,500 laws. If you got a flea on you, you better take it off on Friday because when Saturday comes, you kill that flea. You've been hunting, boy. You just hunted a flea. And guess what that's? That's work on the Sabbath day. Hey, listen, no eggs on the Sabbath. You can't eat an egg that a hen drops on the Sabbath day because that hen was working. And you ate an egg of a working hen. You broke Old Testament law. One of the things they hated Jesus for, they hated our Savior for, was they said this, He has broken our Sabbath. He's broken our Sabbath. And they hated our Savior for that. So there's the creation rest. And this is, this is a, a six days and he rested, right? There's the covenant rest. And God gave that to Israel. Then there's the third rest. Now the third rest, it applies to us. God Almighty for the first, the nation of Israel for the second, but then there's the Calvary rest. And the Calvary rest applies to us. And this is how we apply the Old Testament Sabbath to us today. This transformation that took place. Why I said a while ago, it's even better than it was. It's always better in the New Testament. God made all things new. God rested after his first creation. And Jesus rested after his new creation. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things become new. Until then, Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me. I've got a job to do. But then when he, was, when he bowed his head on the cross at Calvary, what did he say? It is finished. It's finished. And here's what the Bible tells us Jesus is doing right now. Hebrews 10, 12. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever. <sighs> sat down. Sat down at the right hand of God. That's cool, isn't it? After Jesus did what he came to do. After he died on Calvary. After they nailed him to the cross and he cried out for several days in agony and pain. When he said those words, it is finished. Three days later he rose again. And today he sits at the right hand of God. So there's Calvary rest. Oh, listen to me. This is why we celebrate the first day of the week. Why do we celebrate the first day of the week? Because Jesus rose from the grave on the first day of the week. Oh, listen to me. Hey, it's called in the Bible in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 10. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. You'll not find it in this context talked about as the Lord's day in the Old Testament. Only the New Testament. It's now called the Lord's day. So maybe somebody here is wondering, well, that's cool. Okay, I'm here. I'm with you. The Lord's Day. Well, what are the rules then, preacher? There's got to be some rules. There's got to be some regulations. What are are the laws for today as far as the Lord's Day? When when can we miss and when can't we miss? I mean, is is there any rules about the Lord's Day? Well, first of all, it's a day of love, not legalism. You need to understand that. That's something that a lot of us have had to get to victory over. Not everybody here, but some of us had to understand that We're not about legalism here, neither is God. He's about love. But you know what? I can't give you any rules. Because the Bible does not give us any rules. I've been asked the question a lot through the years. I've been asked the question, well, pastor, is it all right to go to a ball game on Sunday? Pastor, is it all right to to, to work a job on maybe Sunday night? Pastor, is it all right to play softball on Sunday? What's the rules, pastor? Is there anything I I can't do on Sundays? Well, you're asking the wrong person. It's not my day. It's the Lord's day. So ask him. Ask him. Ask him, yeah. Lord, it's your day. I want to please you today. 
in all that I do, I want to please you. Whatever it is, God, would you help me to understand what this looks like for me and at this point in my life? And, 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 and it may look a little different for some, and some may make choices based on what, how God is speaking to them. Amen? That's okay. Now, if I could testify for just a moment, for me, uh, the Lord's Day is a serious day. It's a day of commitment, and, and it's a day of seriousness. And my family has put a premium on the Lord's Day. And for that reason, I want to share with you some things personally now. Personally. I'm not saying all these things are Bible. In fact, I don't think I share, but one more verse at the very end. Because I'm not trying to link what I'm saying now specifically to a text verse. I'm trying to tell you this is what God has done for me on the Lord's Day. This is how God has spoken to me about the Lord's Day. So I want to give you three things here, three principles that will help you keep the Lord's Day holy. And the Lord's Day, the best day. How to take a time out for God. All right, number one. Make the Lord's Day a holy day. Make the Lord's Day a holy day. Take time out of your schedule to be holy and worship on the Lord's Day. The Lord's Day. Well, some say, well, preacher, you know, I believe that uh, the Lord, you know, it's not just one day. He gets every day. Well, you sound spiritual, don't you? You couldn't wait to tell me that, could you? I understand. I understand every day is God's. But listen to me. There's a special day. Of all the days of the week, they're all God's, but there's one day that's special. It's kind of like this. The Scripture says to pray without ceasing. But it also says, go into your closet. That's special. Oh, we ought to pray all the time. But every now and then, it ought to get real special. Nobody would argue with me that everything belongs to God. All of your possessions belong to God. How much of what you have belongs to God? 100%, right? But God says, I want you to come to the storehouse on the first day of the week, and I want you to set aside a very special offering. I want you to give a tithe and an offering on the first day of the week. It's a, oh, it all belongs to me, but I want you to, I want you to, come apart and give a portion of that on the Lord's Day, a special offering. Oh, listen, this is a day to be holy, a day to worship. The New Testament commands us as believers to come together and worship God. I love Hebrews 10, 25, and and we've heard it before, but it says to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. It doesn't necessarily mean that, that we ought to come together multiple times like this in a week. But it does mean this, that we ought to make sure that in these last days, as we see the second coming of Christ approaching, that we ought to be in church every Sunday without fail. There ought to be a premium on the Lord's Day in the last days. It's a holy day. One of the best things I've ever done as a dad, ever done as a dad, is to make Sundays a regular time of worshiping God. I mean, this is, if you were to ask me to list, Eric, give me the top three things that you feel as of right now, by God's grace, that your family is all together, loving one another, loving the church, serving in the church, up to this point, what would you attribute the top three in that list would be regular attendance on Sundays to church? Does that shock you? Maybe it does. But for me, I'm just testifying. I don't have a verse for that. But I can just tell you this, we've decided as a family that Sunday church attendance is high priority. It's high priority. In fact, I'm convinced that it's more important than your work day on Monday. It's the Lord's day on Sunday. So we put an emphasis on it. I realize there's some professions, and I know that, and we talked about that this morning. There's police officers and firefighters and nurses and doctors. There are certain professions that deal with, especially with serving others and helping others. And we understand that, that, that there's some exceptions to that, even somewhat linked to almost a Christian duty. Nevertheless, at our, at our, in our home, we have decided that, that nothing is going to get in the way of the Lord's day. In fact, recently, uh, my son uh, Ezekiel was working at an ice cream shop. He got his first job this summer, and it was a good job. In fact, he got hired at our favorite ice cream shop up to this point, up to that point. Now we've changed to... Uh, Kilwins downtown, but anyway, uh, up to that point, it was it was uh, it was a place here in town called Scoops, and we uh, got great ice cream, great place. If you go there, keep going; it's a great great place. But my son uh, got a job there. We've been going there for ten years and supporting that 
place, and, and uh, he got a job there, and they paid him $9 an hour. By the time he got his tips, he was making $13, $14 an hour. That ain't fair, is it? I mean, really. I got college students working for minimum wage trying to share their college bill, and some punk high school kid gets 13 bucks an hour. <laughs> Who does he think he is, you know? So he comes to me. I mean, it happened. It happened. The nervous conversation, you know, where... You know, they're about to ask you something. They're talking about stuff. You know, hey, Dad, what's up? Hey, man, you know, you doing okay? Yeah, you know, and all that and kind of all that kind of. You're like, man, this is fun. I'm talking to my son. They finally says, hey, Dad, hey, I got a call. They want me to work next Sunday at 5 o'clock. I know we don't have Sunday night church. I was just thinking, what do you think I should do? Well, you know, that's, that's taboo for the Capacy family. I mean, it's just not an option. We, I mean, personally, that's just something we... I didn't say it's wrong. I said, Capace, this is where we are. This is a premium we've placed on the Lord's Day for us. I'm just sharing our testimony. I'm making sure you understand. I ain't speaking up here with any slack. This is who we are. This is what we believe about this day. It's a special day. And I think as I finish, you'll understand even more. And so I said, uh, we talked. Now, this was a long conversation. Parents, I want you to listen to this. I don't know much about parenting, but I do know this. You talk to your kids, you can solve a lot of problems. You say, well, I do. Yeah, we talk in the hallway. We text. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about hour-long conversations. Hour-long conversations on whether you should work. I mean, just make your mind up. There's things to do. What else is there to do? What's more important than trying to help your children figure out life? Honestly, this is a burden of mine, man. I'm overwhelmed with the amount of time parents are spending just working things out. Not laying down law, not telling your kids it's my way or the highway, but talking things through, almost where they end up being able to make the decision because of the way you've counseled them and talked to them and spent time with them. And so we talked, and we talked a long time about the whole thing, and we went back and forth. Zoe wasn't even sure he wanted to do it. I mean, you know, it's a big-time job. It's 13 bucks an hour. He just got it. To tell this boss no would be kind of shaky, but then again, you know, I mean, hey, Sunday afternoons are big for us. We go to, you know, we go get a Starbucks or we go to, um, what's a smoothie place? Oh, Tropical Smoothie. They've started a revival in our home. We like to go to Tropical Smoothie it's, it's, it, and we just have a good time. Sunday afternoons are big for us, man. And so we, uh, we've truly made it a day of rest. And so I said, Mo, so I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll, we'll, I'm going to do that. I'm going to compromise. My pastor is a compromiser. It feels good, too. <laughs> feels good to finally be a compromiser every now and then. Finally give an inch every now and then. I did. I gave an inch. I said, son, we'll do it one time. Here's why. Because I want you to be able to go in and explain why you're not going to do it a second time. I said, but go in the first time and go ahead and work. They've been good to you. It's a good job. You're making more money. But I want you to tell them that you can't work on Sundays. It's just not possible. You'll work this one, but you can't work anymore. And so he did that. He did exactly what I asked him to do. After a long conversation, I wanted to make sure he understood. I wanted to make sure he really honestly agreed, and, and, and we, we talked about it. And, and he did. He, he kind of came to the conclusion, no, that's the best thing, Dad, you know. And we made it together. I didn't have to be judge and, you know, dictator. I, I got to be a dad. I got to be someone who could let the Holy Spirit work, because the Holy Spirit can work in our kids too, you know. In fact, it's always better when he does, because then it really gets done. Pretty cool, actually. And so... We come to the conclusion that, you know, he's going to do this. So he does, and he does that. Well, make a long story short, that only lasted a little while, a couple of weeks. And the big boss came in, and he didn't care that it was a preacher's son. He didn't care that I had a family value. He didn't care. And he made it known to Zoe. He said, you can tell your dad, you know, you, you can tell him. I don't care who he is and what he does. You're going to work on Sundays or you're fired. Well, you know what happened. He got fired. And as that kind of all transpired and all happened i mean here's a 16 year old kid he's got on his resume he's been fired (laughs) but can i tell you something just quickly you can tell my son you can talk to zoe about this every time he's blessed and i mean this summer's been a major blessing for him i mean financial blessings miracles things that have happened just little little things that have happened to that lazy bum i mean things that you wouldn't believe you know No, he's a great man. When he works, he works. But when he's lazy, he's lazy. You know what I'm talking about? Anyway, and uh, poor preacher's kids, how do they even survive? How do they make it? No wonder they leave church when they're 18. Anyway, poor kid. But, hey, listen, 
he's been blessed. And, and we always go back to that. We talk about that. We say, you know, that's amazing how God gave you so much more than you would have had had you continued to do that. And, and, and it's been amazing what God has done. And that's just our little old story. God's not going to give you an exact story like that, but I can promise you this. If you'll put a premium on his day and make it his day and not your day, however that looks, if it's you and God making the decision, if you're coming to the conclusion based on God, I want to do what you want me to do on your day, he'll tell you what to do. It may look different than the capacities, and that's okay, but it'll have the same result. It'll have the same result. I can assure you of that. Listen. I said more important than your work day, and here's why. Because I'm wondering if we, if we tried certain things on our boss, if that would work. The stuff we tell our preacher and small group leader, like, you know, well, I just decided to sleep in. Sorry. How's that going to work on Monday? Well, we had family just drop in. You know how that is. I'm always wondering why they couldn't have come with you. Well, you know, we just decided to go to the lake. Oh, that's when I've heard in Hot Springs for years. We just decided to go to the lake. Is this the Lord's day or your day? Whose day is it? See, we've got to be honest with one another. Now, how do you teach your children to love the Lord's day? Well, here's how I teach mine. One, with anticipation. This isn't in your notes. This is just extra. You teach them to love the Lord's Day with anticipation. I mean, you start on Saturday. You know what tomorrow is? What's that, Dad? It's the Lord's Day. I mean, it's exciting. It's going to be a great day. Hey, what you wearing tomorrow? What you wearing tomorrow? Yeah. You ever heard about laying out your clothes on Saturday night? You know when I decided to wear this? Yesterday. I look good, don't I? <laughs> you know I do. Sometimes my wife and I, we stand in the bathroom, and she's, she's walking stuff out. What do you think, you know? And she's, we can do, we're married, okay? We can do this. It's okay. And we check each other out, you know? I like that. What are you wearing? We want, look, come up here, honey. Look, look at this. Man, you talk about, you talk about a match. Look at this. You talk about a match. Got all that hair going on. Look at that. Yellow and brown. Goes, doesn't it? Yeah. Ooh, yellow and brown. A lot of things that learn. Let's not talk about that. Okay. <laughs> what were we thinking? Anyway, you know, we talk about that. I mean, you say, yeah, but this, this casual crowd, you know what? Hey, casual people can look good. Man, you, where, where are you? You know, wear, wear your T-shirt. Wear, if you want to wear... I, look, I'm not going to sit here and say, God only, uh, uh, you, you dress for success and, and you're a better Christian if you have a tie on or you're a better Christian if you have a suit on. Man, if I thought that, I'd shower in a suit. I'd sleep in a suit if I thought that. Every one of us can prepare on Saturday for Sunday. Hey, listen, go to bed. I just preached the funeral of a 95-year-old lady yesterday, one of the best... Sweet ladies I've ever known, Emma Jean Lloyd. You know what Emma Jean Lloyd's advice was to her grandkids? Go to bed early and wake up early. Early bird gets the worm. Can I tell you a day we ought to go to bed a little earlier? Saturday night. Don't stay up so late that you have a hard time getting out of bed. Saturday night's not a night to party. It's a, it's a night to get ready for the Lord's Day. Tomorrow's the Lord's Day. Anticipation. Oh, I love, I love this. Something else that we like to do is uh, be positive about church. Be positive. Man, don't have roast preacher on Sunday afternoons. Man, I tell you what, I, preacher wasn't on his A game today. I tell you what. What y'all think? I mean, I personally, I, I've heard him do better. You know? Leave that out. Well, what about just, just criticize it? Well, tomorrow, you know, instead of the anticipation thing, Oh, that's Sunday tomorrow. almost forgot. Y'all set your alarms. You know, we can run a little late. It's no big deal. I mean, I don't even like the worship. We'll get there after that. You'd have missed that baptism. I guess you did miss the baptism. You see, we criticize the Lord's Day. We criticize and we wonder why our kids drop out of church and don't want to come. 
why would I want to come somewhere that you griped about your whole life anyway? We had to go. You see, I'm not saying you do that. I'm just simply saying, as a pastor of many years, I've experienced this in my office. I'm just telling you what I've heard. And, and the Lord's Day ought to be a holy day. Number two, the Lord's Day ought to be a healthy day. A healthy day. Let me tell you what I mean by health. Rest on the Lord's Day. Rest. Hey, six days labor and then rest. Let me tell you one of the most spiritual things I'm going to say today. Ready? Take a nap on the Lord's Day. Hallelujah. Man, I just felt something right there. You know. Boy, that's old time camp meeting. I felt it right there, you know. I didn't feel nothing. It just sounds good and you like it, so I say it, you know. Take a nap. Oh, listen, you'll do more in six days if you'll learn to rest one than you'll do in seven days without resting. Same thing with the tithe. Your your 90% will go farther, giving God 10, than your 100% will go. Slow down. Slow down. Rest. Let me, let me tell you what I did this morning. I got up, man, I got out of bed. I got ready. That's my wife, man. I mean, I'm jumping and going in the room. Man, it's the Lord's Day. I'm excited. It's my favorite day of the week. So when I come to church, like, if you'd have seen me walk from the back door to the church auditorium this morning, here I am, man. I'm, yeah. Hey, John, what's up, man? Woo-hoo! Yeah, you're, I'm ready, man. Let's go. Now, you watch me when I walk back. I'm not even going to have to put this on. I'm not making this up. I'm telling you what I do every Sunday. When I leave this building today about 12, 31 o'clock and start walking over, here's, here's how I walk. ready to rest. Can't wait to go home, eat, sleep, and be merry. Glad I don't have church tonight. Glad that 20 years is over. <laughs> I loved it while it was here, but thank God choir practice isn't tonight. Amen. I mean, I put my 20 years in. How you doing? I did, I did the, you know, Sunday school, Sunday morning, bus. I loved it, did it all. I mean, never complained one time. I'm just complaining now because it's over, amen. <laughs> I got it all out of my system. I worked, I got back at 2 o'clock, 2.30, 3 o'clock from the bus route. You's done eating, you got an early start, but us bus ministry people, we get home at 3 while you tell us we need to come back to Sunday night. You get in the bus ministry and tell us that. Get back at 3 o'clock in the afternoon and then back at 4 o'clock for choir practice and 5 o'clock for teacher's meeting and 6 o'clock for church and, man, by the time you get home, you're like, what? This ain't no rest day, I'll tell you that for sure. It's about the busiest day of my life. Sundays is a healthy day when Sundays is a day of rest. We worship, we come together. And I want you to know we take it serious here. Man, we take it serious. I mean, we put a lot into this. I mean, listen, the average sermon, you're talking about 15 to 20 hours, maybe a little less for this one, but, but for the most part, when you get to a sermon series, concentrated study, it could go up to 20 to 25 hours at times. The worship team, no longer are they throwing hymns together that, they've, that we've sung 73 times in the past 52 weeks. We're talking about songs that need to be practiced and sung, and Joe's got to send emails out. they got to be on time. People got to practice. You just ask Vince. If Vince doesn't get his songs by Tuesday or Wednesday, he's telling Joe, Joe, what's up, man? I need to practice. I need to know. i got to listen to these songs. I love it. Because Vince isn't going to come up here and give you on Sundays, the Lord's Day, the best day, the rest day. God's not going to let us get up here and just throw something out at you that's not done well. Because God deserves the best. And so when you listen to worship, it's five, six, seven hours of practice. When you hear a sermon, it's 15, 20, 25 hours of, pre- uh, of practice. When you see men up in these booths, these guys have worked hard and typed words out and come early and put microphones in and check batteries. Man, there's a lot of work put in. I'm just going to sleep in. Gee, thanks. Well, I think I'll just, you know, I think I'll just watch my favorite team comes on at noon. Preacher preaches till 12, 15. I can't miss this game. Wow. See, this, this day is important. This day is a holy day. It's a healthy day. If a man's chopping wood, he's not wasting time when he stops to sharpen his axe. Stop. Stop. Rest. Now, however that looks, I mean, you know, there's some young people, they like to come play ball on Sunday afternoon. That's about the last thing on my mind. 
I mean, I done had that, that little, I'm not, hey, if that's, if that's therapy and rest and fun and just an enjoyment, I think God intends this day to be a fun day, an enjoyable day, a healthy day. And that's my last, that's my last thought. Make the Lord's day a happy day. Make it a happy day. I believe Sunday ought to be the happiest day of the week. I think the early church met on Sunday because Jesus came out of the grave on Sunday, and that makes me happy. Jesus isn't in that grave. Hallelujah. Amen. He rose from the dead, and he did it on the first day of the week. And so that's why the disciples in the early church, when did they meet? On the first day of the week. It's clear. It's the Lord's Day. It's a transformation of the Sabbath. It's the fulfillment of the Sabbath. It's better. It's more glorious. It's the Lord's Day. Let there be joy in your house today. Man, listen, I love our Sunday lunches at the Capaces house. Now, that's just another preference we have. We don't like to go out and eat. We, I mean, we'll do it once or twice a year, maybe. But honestly, we like going home, having fellowship, cooking a meal. I like to I walk in the house today, and it's buzzing and happy and smiles. And, hey, Daddy, that's a great message today. I know it. And uh, No, just kidding. And, uh, hey, that's a great message. Really? Was it? I want to hear it again. Yeah, it was awesome. It was? You sure? Oh, yeah, it was one of the best you've ever done. Okay. <laughs> you know. You know how to do it, right? You got to squeeze it. You got to sh- stretch it as long as you can. And in Caroline, hey, sweetheart, and man, bustling and moving. And my wife, my mother-in-law, man, eighty-one years old. She's over there chopping celery, getting it ready. You know, working on the Sabbath. Bless your heart. And uh, <laughs> we're having a good time. Man, the kids are watching football. Man, I mean, we got fantasy league going. Hallelujah! A little fun. You always having a good time. Sometimes I look on the couch and there's two or three already out. We haven't even eaten yet. They're gone. Chloe's famous for it. She's gone. We're all trying to get together. We started a new tradition on Sundays. Just started two months ago. We hold hands when we pray all around the table. I love it. We just started it. Just to make a circle. And at first it was like, oh, Dad's coming up with another ritual. And they got to get out of their seats. And Chloe's got to wake up. And we got to hold hands. But I'm just getting sentimental in my old age. I just want to go out with some good memories and I'm just hoping that when I'm gone, they'll still hold hands around the table and remember the good family values of Sunday. In fact, we don't do that any... Well, no, we do. We started doing it some other days. You're right. But we always do it on Sundays. Always. We make it a, we make it a, a fun day. A fun day. Now, what's funny is I still come to church... I figured it out. I come to church on Sunday night, 20 weeks out of the year. I've got 16, like tonight at 5 o'clock, I'll be back for the new members class. So all of you that are new members are thinking about it or praying about it, I'll see you tonight in the music room at 5 o'clock. I can't wait. I love it. It's a good time. And then we do the Lord's Supper. That's four weeks, four times a year. Then we do the Lord's Supper four times a year. So that's 20 weeks. I'm still here. And I, I love it. I enjoy it. I mean, it's a lot easier to come and teach a new members class than it is to do this all over again on the same day so I enjoy it but I want you to know that today for me is the happiest day of the week I can't wait to see you I can't wait to be here I can't imagine doing anything else other than this coming together now let me close with this and I'm done it's really not the day of the week just so you know, it's not like, you know, if Jesus would have come out of the grave on Thursdays, we'd have church on Thursdays. <laughs> if he'd have come out of the grave on Mondays, we'd have done this on Monday. We, we do it on Sunday, the first day of the week, because that's when Jesus rose again. I'm going to tell you something, church. This day is about Jesus. It's a rest day. It's a day where Jesus says, come unto me, and I'll give you rest. I wonder how many here today, you're carrying a heavy laden burden. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. That's me. Let me just get it out of the way. That's me. Just in case you walking upright today, I'm not. Just about every Sunday I come like this. <laughs> Man, the weight of this old world get it, get you on it. Burdens, troubles, heartache, phone calls, cancer, sickness, worry, anxiety, finances, whatever it is. Sometimes I come to church with a heavy burden. After that first service, I'm feeling better. Boy, after it's all done, I'm walking up, right? 
after a little worship, get some of that stuff off me. You just say, God, man, this whole world kind of collects a lot of debris in your life after a while, and you try to avoid it, but God, it's just heavy. Our nation's falling apart. Man, there's more suicide and drugs and alcohol and sickness and worry and text messages to return and emails and God I can't keep up with it all and I try to I try to rest every day God but I can't do it sometimes I just cry myself to sleep so thank you for Sunday thank you for a rest day thank you for one day God where we can come apart it's special and we can lay all our heavy burdens right down here at the altar just feel better. I feel like I've been with God's people. I had some people hug me today and, and, and say, I love you, preacher. And I'm like, you do? Thank you. Oh, I needed that. It's been a tough week. But when God gave me the Lord's day, he was thinking of me. And so guess what I'm going to do today about 3 o'clock? Take a nap. Take a nap. I'm going to rest. I'm going to enjoy myself. And I'm going to say, God, thank you for what you've done. What about that baptism, huh? What about that? I told somebody, somebody told me, would you ever do that again, preacher? Would you ever have, you know, 85 international students? Man, I picked up more cigarette butts on this property. And most of them Russians can smoke, I'm telling you. It's crazy. I put up with more problems. I haven't had a few phone calls in the church of folks that were a little concerned, and they had right to be concerned. It was a tough undertaking. It blessed the college, and we made some finances off of it. But I'll tell you what makes it all worth it, that right there. I'd do it all over again to get one soul saved. One soul saved. I guess that's why Jesus got accused of being a wine-bibber and a glutton. He was hanging around international students. But, you know, and, and, and Naz is in here. Naz, where are you at? Are you in the building? Yeah, she knows what I'm talking about. She, we talked about it last night at my house. That there was a lot of burdens and a lot of, a lot of heartache, a lot of things that happened. Not all, I mean, some of it was great, but that makes it all worth it. And get, guess when that happens? Guess what? Sundays. Sundays. Don't be late. We baptize first. Well, I wish you'd baptize when I want you to baptize. Preacher, I like to get there about 11.15. Well, I pray about it, but if you don't mind, I, I think it's better to be on time and shake hands and be here early. And let, let's, let's start the service off with victory. You know? Well, I'm done. But I pray that God spoke to your heart today. Who would have thought we'd have had a sermon series that was never announced? <laughs> 